Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought. Dinner is served, bitch. <laughs> Dennis is eating fries as we speak. <laughs> and drinking rosé in the same breath. I'm Tommy Pico, indigenous American poet, editor, and frisson-in-chief. <laughs> oh my god. Bye. But true, true. I am Dennis Norris II. I'm a writer, reader, former figure skater, which is exciting because it is Olympic season. Hmm. And I shit Swarovski crystals. Yes, I do. I don't know know what that is. Uh, I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, subtop, and my sexuality (laughs) is the (laughs) is the battle between my crippling anxiety and Lexapro. Mm. (laughs) Shut up, Dennis. (laughs) Dennis is laughing, but he has too many fries in his mouth to do it on camera. (laughs) I like a full mouth. true um i'm heron walker i'm your guest thought of the week i'm a freelance journalist i'm hella binary slash hella single and i'm still not sure if sis had pegging his t-girl appropriation (laughs) (laughs) and yes thank you heron for being our fourth chair this week as fran is off on another assignment also what you said uh joe reminded me of this tweet that i had which was like and very timely and it probably doesn't even make sense anymore which is like catch me inside because like i have anger issues but i'm still crippling agoraphobic (laughs) (laughs) anyway who's got who's got the menu this week i do i do i do it's joe this week on our little show teebs makes us kill our darlings throw away our faves and pretend we're sophie and have to make our choices i talk about my steamy sex situations (laughs) and we give you all our bodies to see eat and touch Mm. take it away on me (laughs) (laughs) Feeling a little peckish. We're going to start the top of this show the way any good top should, with a little tease. Mm. Our nibblicious amuse bouche segment. And to amuse your bouches this week, we're playing a little game called Homonym, wherein we compare sonically similar lists of pop culture flotsam, a homonym for all you word nerds, to determine the cream of the crop. (laughs) First up, we've got Mariah Carey, Jim Carey, Carrie Fisher, and Carrie the Horror Movie. What order are we going Heron, in, Let's go with Heron first. Heron, what do you think? Which one is the best? Oh, um, so best in terms of queerest, gayest, or just like the best of all? Which is the one that you prefer? Oh, that's unfair, because I love Vengeance, but I also love every song on Emancipation of Mimi. It's really good. Especially the We Belong Together mm-hmm. remix. I have to go with Mimi. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mimi 100 Yeah, Carrie, back to the ground. No Emancipation for you. Okay, so Joe says Mimi as well. Dennis? Um, I'm going to also go with Mimi, and I'm very particularly going to go with Mimi at last year's New Year's Eve performance, because oh, that was Mimi at her Mimi-ist, and it gave me my entire life. No, my favorite is the video of her 
of quote air quote dancing where her dancers are just sort of <laughs> lifting her up and ba- oh, yeah. bending her back and then placing her back on yeah. her heels. It's so perfect. luxury. It's perfect. I would just like to live my life like that. The next one, I do live my life like <laughs> yeah, you actually do. <laughs> Dennis <laughs> actually does. Um, Except without the '90s success, Dennis. Well, well, <laughs> without <laughs> success, at but all. I'll have you know that hand turkey was beautiful. Okay, <laughs> thank you. My teachers would say differently. Okay, next up is something a little bit controversial. I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston versus mm. I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton. Fuck Ooh. you! Oh my, that's just fucking rude. It's I feel rude. like they are, to avoid answering the question, I feel like they are two sides of the same coin. Mm. You're missing someone. Dolly Parton's version, the original, is like the low hum of regret and wistfulness that's always p- coursing through you. Whitney's is when it hits you and you're just on the yes. subway and you're like, cool, I'm crying. And the yes. person next to you is like, eh, I'm yeah. just going to work. Very, as, very astute. Um, so, astute, as they say. Joe, <laughs> please. I mean, Dolly Parton is basically my sexuality, but so is the Whitney Houston version of that song. So I think you're right. They're different moods. It's like, So you're bisexual? Uh, <laughs> nice, nice to meet you. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. I, I take them all in. It's like I have one of them is the dick I have in my mouth, and the other is the dick I have in my ass. Okay, yeah. God. it's just like that, very, Austin. very good way of putting it. That is spit roasted by Dolly Parton and Whitney Houston. <laughs> I mean, so two that's tops, every faggot's dream. But <laughs> Noted for tops. me, I would have to say that similar to Joe, I like them both. And here's the thing: Whitney's version is the iconic one, the one you hear in your head when you think of the song the one you go to the one that every wannabe singer is going to try and sing on american idol and dot on american idol and dolly parton is okay with this guess why because she's every getting time paid happens, she's she has getting the paid receipts. that's true she has the receipts so it's to me it's just a beautiful conglomeration mm. i love them both we're so gay <laughs> next up we've got enemies anemones enemas and m&ms Eminem Anima, you say? That, okay. okay. That's a rainbow I could taste. <laughs> Peanuts or almonds or plain? <laughs> um, uh, crispy. <laughs> Not the crispy. Yes. Not the crispy. I mean, this is Joe, and I will say enemas, obviously. Hmm. Dennis? I'm going to say anemone because it's a really pretty word. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got mumblecore, normcore, mini corns, or corny porn. <laughs> corny porn corny porn absolutely <laughs> obviously corny porn this was not on the list Tommy. i did <laughs> no, not prepare for this one <laughs> you know when there's just like corn socks in the porn ears of corn in the yeah. porn I, don't know. I just have like this three-walled beige room that has a window that's just the idea of a window <laughs> just, <laughs> just like take me there <laughs> Oh God, uh, Dennis! That just took me back to the Rugrats theme song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just randomly, that just sort of popped into my head. Um, Dennis is corny porn, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was gonna say corny porn, and I'm thinking very specifically about that scene in the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt when Titus oh. is trying to expose that man for gay, and he has a corn husk and he like shucks yeah, it in yeah, front of him i was having a conversation about how this is joe i've been fucked by lots of different vegetables and apparently <laughs> most people have not been fucked by lots of different not that's not a thing no. that's that's uh, define law like, man, man, more than three different types of vegetable is the tomato a vegetable <laughs> no follow-up like questions. Us, the tomato is a fruit next up we've got call me maybe Call me by your name, uh. and you used to call me on your cell phone. 
I don't wait this. Oh, you can't just like ask me my thoughts on Call Me By Your Name when I haven't asked any of you your thoughts. Fine. I'm going to take the <laughs> risk and admit that it was really good and I loved it and uh, I cried a lot and I thought it was beautiful and I thought the way that they showed the, the, the desire when you're finally able to express it and not have to keep it hidden was really, really apt. And um, I was in a room full of crying people and it was wonderful and great. So call me by your name as, as much as i love a room full of crying people yeah that's like um, your thing it is my thing i'm gonna go with call me maybe i did not i haven't seen the movie yet but i didn't care for the book me neither oh. yeah and Dennis? i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna go with you used to call me on your cell phone mm. because of course dennis would go with the low-key misogyny what? for me that's all about <laughs> Um, remembering the fact that, yeah, I used to call you on your cell phone, and you're sad about the fact that now I don't. Next up, we've got Nancy Kerrigan, Nancy Drew, Nancy Pelosi, and a Nancy the Spider. Why? <laughs> Did you even put any other choices in there? It's obviously Nancy Kerrigan. This is Heron. I hate Nancy Kerrigan, but it's obviously Nancy Her- Kerrigan. I don't like any of those other choices. Um... Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Nancy Kerrigan. Oh, wow. We agree too much we with one another. Yeah. Speaking of Nancy it's Pelosi, um, did anyone see the Grossy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Grossy Pelosi anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally Rufus. Um, so <laughs> she uh, uh, is going to be a judge on the season of Drag Race, and she tweeted something that makes me never going to have, I'm never going to have sex again, because she tweeted, you better work. I'm Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. glad we're all celibate now. Yeah, really <laughs> my butthole my no, is closed. Right. <laughs> and to carry on that, uh, next up we've got Dave Chappelle, Dave Franco, Dave Matthews, and Dave and Buster's. And I think this one has to be the one that you hate the most because they all suck. <laughs> Dave and Buster sucks. It sucks. They don't have any good games, and it's all fucking expensive. And I love arcades. That personally offends me. Yeah, Dave yeah, and Buster's yeah, yeah. personally offends me. Did they never have Street Fighter or nothing. All they have is those dumb zombie games, and the ones where like you can put like a quarter into a thing and get like two tokens. I'll tell you real, Teebs. No, that's sad. Yeah. Wait, did Dave Franco treat women worse than the average man has? That's that depends on what you how we think the average Probably, man is oh, um, So that's complicated. Dave and Buster has food. Uh, <laughs> I have J- Joe will admit to having uh, been having had Dave Matthews Band be his first concert of all time. Wow! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I have to go with that just because. And you were just oof. about to call Dennis out on low key misogyny. Like, yeah, thank you. No, I know. Dave thank Matthews you. Band's tour bus once dumped an entire tour bus load of shit on a p- passing boat underneath a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I was look in, it up. In my defense, I was sixteen at the time. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I, I mean he was. I mean he was like God to all those little prep school boys I went to school with in high school. Um, so that that's your choice as well? So, no. So my choice is going to be Dave and Buster's because that's the place, if I'm ever feeling like I want to try and get down with a guy who, like, should be on the Jersey Shore. Like, <laughs> sometimes I have, I, I want some of that, like, action. So Dave and Buster's in Philly. Okay. Yeah, oh. it's happened. Uh, next up, we've got Sandra Bullock, Sandra O, oh, Sandra Cisneros, or Sandra Bernhardt. I'm going to go ahead and say mine, which is Sandra Cisneros, because Cotamello, the novel, was, like, really big for me in high mm, school. Mm, mm. Uh, I would have to go with Sandra Bernhardt just for, like, embodying 
um, outrageous, uncontrollable um, dykiness from before I could really put any of those words to word, what word, I was seeing word. on that Madonna interview on Letterman word, or whatever. Word, word, I, Heron, uh, again, like, you're just taking all my answers. I 100% agree. She's just, like, queer icon from before I knew what queerness was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Sandra O. Oh because I think she's an incredible actress. And when she got started on Grey's Anatomy, which was obviously not her start, but that was like kind of when she really began to be more well-known, there really weren't very many Asian actresses on TV, like period, point mm-hmm. blank. That representation is important. And um, she did an amazing job. I love her. Also, my sister worked with her once in theater like 20 years ago and said she was really, really sweet. Aww. One so. of my favorite quotes from Drag Race was um, when they were doing like, Oh no, she better don't. Was Sandra? Oh no, she better don't. I like that. <laughs> I like that one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And uh, next up, we've got Tony Braxton, Tony Hawk, Tony Morrison, and Tony the Tiger. <laughs> Heron, you're going first. Oh my god, I almost want to say Tony Hawk just for like to be a dick. But um, uh, 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 wh- whom is the first tone? Tony Braxton. I have to. I have to. I one time saw her and her sisters perform at a Tide-sponsored event. And (laughs) um, the sisters had to talk about why they love Tide. No, it was Gain. They called themselves Gainiacs. Um, And Tony had clearly negotiated um, somewhere in her contract to not have to talk about Gain and just come out and sing (laughs) Unbreak My Heart by, like, crawling through the crowd. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would do that. I am a rock hard right now. (laughs) Shocking no one. um, Tony Morrison for me, obviously. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I mean, mean, even though Tony Braxton is the person who gave me the language that I so often use um, to describe the men who screw me over, which is he wasn't man enough for me. Um, That silver top. That's actually low-key my favorite Tony Braxton song. It's the best song. It's so fucking good. Another sad love song. Right? True, true, true. true. Um, She's amazing. I I also have to go with Tony Morrison simply because everything she does, everything she says, gives me, like, life beyond belief. Like, like, I I think she's God, pretty much. (laughs) So, And finally, we've got Fran Drescher. Fran Leibovitz, Francis Ha, or Fran Torado? <laughs> so Fran, I'm really sorry. Um, you're going to listen to this in a, in a, in a couple weeks, a couple days. I don't know when this is going on the air, but it has to be Fran Drescher. She, um, fashion icon, in conversation sartorially with Little Kim, contemporary of hers, yes. fashion-wise. Yes. Anti-capitalist in yes. her post-nanny career. Yes. Made nasal voices beautiful, big hair, large heels, Jewish representation in the mainstream. And and to 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 to, officiated a gay wedding. And and I think Fran Torado would also choose Fran Drescher. Yeah, I think that's true. I choose everyone but Fran Torado. He's gone. I killed him. He's never coming back. (laughs) Fran Torado died on the way to prom night twenty five years ago. What are you talking about? (laughs) I don't know her. (laughs) Amazing. Um. Yeah. I mean, Fran Drescher, the nanny, classic, classic television, everything. Well, then that's a wrap. That is a wrap. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for letting us some music douches. Mm. Woo! For our net segment. So, excuse me, let me try that again. Our net segment. <laughs> our net segment. Our our nothing but net segment. For our nothing but net. <laughs> I need more wine. Let's talk about next. The theme is next. Chicken necks? Because we're a bunch of bird ass bitches? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> 
For our <laughs> next segment, our impure thought, spelled T-H-O-T, is brought to you by Joe O, the science ho this week. Yeah, so, you know, the theme of our main segment this week is bodies. Uh, and you know, I, I think we all here, we're going to talk about it, but we all have sort of a complicated relationship to fitness and health and bodies and trying to sort of, you know, both stay in shape, we're all getting older, be this be- quote-unquote best version of ourselves, but also like critique that at the same time, where it's like, you know, it's it's fitting into boxes, it's very capitalist, it's very like consumerist, and it like allows other people to consume us and allows us to consume other people. Uh, I started going to the gym really seriously um, when I had a mental health crisis towards the end of my PhD, uh, and I really didn't know how to deal with my anxiety, and so I started going to the gym, and it, what happened is it like totally transformed my body in ways that got me a lot of attention, and then the, it became this complicated thing where it's like I'm doing it for my anxiety, but then also like I also kind of like the attention, mm. uh, and I love more than anything. Oh hooking up in the gym it is just like so i can't believe you much. i mean i guess i can but i mean i guess i can because it's you but yeah, yeah. yeah. i tried i said i gave a german underwear like model I'm not here to call you out on this i Thank gave you. a german underwear model a half blow job one time in the shower at the gym okay that's i couldn't i couldn't do i mean who thing. would not do that I have two short stories that I want to share from my adventures in the gym. And this doesn't involve the orgy that I happened to walk into on a NYSC where it had been organized on Craigslist. And I just walked in and it was like 13 people all fucking. And I was like, huh. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but I was, at, I, was at the, I was at the gym <laughs> the other day and I was in the, the locker room. And a boy, you know, we kind of like make out and it's kind of coy. It's really sexy. Nothing really happens. So you're just like in the locker room. You're not like in a steam room. You're not like in a shower. No, no it's just... like, like he really likes me. This boy really, really. And he is so fine. Like body, 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 cute face. He seems really nice. And he's like kissing me on the neck. And he goes, hey, like, can I get your number? Right. And I'm like, great. This is great. You know, it wasn't a hookup. I didn't have time for that. It wasn't the move for that. But like. Maybe he'll, we'll date and he'll be my husband. And oh. then, so I give him my number. He texts me right away. And I'm like, yes, he texts me right away. And he comes through as a number in my phone. Oh. He was oh. previously my phone. And this engages with uh, an official Joe Osmondson thought life hack where you put everyone who you ever talked to ever in your phone. And even if you don't know their names, you use a code. Where, like, mm. everyone I meet on Grinder, I save their last name on my phone as Grend because it's not Grinder. So it's like you could look through my phone and not see oh. a bunch of Grinders. But then he's just scruff- like, oh, he's mm. had sex with like 10 Grends. Like, is this a But you would affair? never see like- them all together because it organizes them <laughs> by first name. Ranch or um, all of my scruff boys. <laughs> Some big love bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> all of my scruff boys, I, I use their last name as Samuel because I love last names that are also first names. So this boy came through in my phone as. Uh, his name, and then, <laughs> and then PF, which stood for Planet Fitness, because I realized that I had met him three years prior at Planet Fitness, and we had hooked up in the locker Wait, no, room no, there. No, the Planet Fitness locker room. Yes, and oh, he was so it's thirsty. And, purple. It, it's so and he was so because th- <laughs> at Planet Fitness, one does not hook up in the in the gym locker room. It's oh. just not for that. He was so <laughs> thirsty that he actually the locker room was. Full. Every shower was being used. He got into the shower stall with me, and there was like an old man across and a man next to us. And I, it wasn't hot to no me. No judgment zone. I love, I, <laughs> no judgment zone. <laughs> no 
lungs so loud. Um, I I love public sex, but I don't like feeling like I might get arrested. So it actually was like super not hot to me, even yeah. though he was super hot because I was like, hence oh my- how I only gave somebody a half, half blowjob, blow mm-hmm. right? So that I mean, I actually like this sort of code of of um, like hooking up in a steam room where you have to kind of negotiate everyone's consent uh, and make sure that no one's going to get anyone in trouble. Um, but the next story is is the solution to all of that because I was on Grinder one night. And I was talking to this boy, and he was like, I'm like, what you doing? And he was like, oh, I'm at work. I'm like, where you work? He's like, I work at the gym. And I'm not going to say the name of the gym because I don't want to get him fired. But he just happened to be closing a gym. Mm. And it was a gym that I had gone to for a, a certain time and had a certain romantic longing for the little space that was made in that gym. And it, he just happened to be closing. Uh, and he said, well, my coworker's about to go home. So if you just want to come by... We can totally plow in the empty gym locker room. Wow, plow. That's hot. Mr. Plow, that's my name. That is hot. My name again is Mr. Plow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and I went in. I had to wait on the side entrance, and he came and popped through the door. We had to walk through, like, seven different stores in the little complex to get into the back entrance of the gym. This is We, like, go down to the locker room and, like, just totally hook up in this, like, very sexy space that I know has seen so much gay sex, but it was, like, no fear of, like, getting in trouble. It was amazing. It was amazing. I love sort of that... Um, yeah, the kind of public-private space that you can make mm-hmm. in, like, in like gyms. And how, like, gyms are all about, all about using your body and kind of being physical and sharing that physical space with other people. And so it's, like, it make And after I work out, I just get so horny. So really? it's, like, oh, my so God. So it's, like, that, um, like that, is it because you, like, you looked over to the left, you were looking so good, you had to touch yourself? <laughs> like, were you, were you, was it, like, you were looking at yourself in the mirror? I do okay. not. I do not. I have a lot of relationships with my own body, but definitely not that one. Like, uh... No. I also like to I like your um your method of entering people's names into your phone. Yeah. Mine is you don't get a name. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't get a name until like Teams- unless we've hung out like seven times. And then I'm like, okay, you get a name now. But I think the 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 thing that I is important for me is that I like no I want the knowledge. So if someone texts me out of nowhere after a year, I wanna know exactly who that motherfucker is and know all of the context and then knowing everything go new phone who this like knowing every like knowing exactly i cannot wait for my ex who moved away to like text me and to be like hi who is this again i just like i I want that moment so badly the bitchiest move i ever learned when i was 20 from someone i went to a liberal or i visited a friend at her uh sister's liberal arts school (laughs) and it was like just one of those mean ass like in the middle of a mountain in western massachusetts like they're all cloistered up don't have access to any of the fun drugs or anything (laughs) social interactions they create crazy power structures and, like, all want to kill each other. And, like, she was just like, here's how to win. Just extend your hand lightly and go, and you are? Exactly. 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 I was like, you're fucked. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Every time. That's everything. (laughs) I'm going to start waiting for them to be like, oh, my God, hey, your name. Like, hey, Joe. Mm -hmm. And you are? (laughs) Also, I I like to be, like, if, um, if I'm meeting up with an ex and they're like, it's so good to see you. And it's like, it is, isn't it? <laughs> I agree. It's great to see me. I do it every day. I'm so excited. <laughs> it never gets old. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. For that. I mean, the only thing I'll say about not having people in your phone is it takes away the 
desire to text them. Yeah, no, that's one of the reasons why yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't have that's, names in there because mm-hmm. so I know true. I know what I'm liable to do after dark liquor. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. The thought life hack for never texting an ex is to delete them all from your phone. The yeah. hot the thought life hack for being able to be like and you are <laughs> is to keep all of them in your phone all the time. Yeah, I'm a Virgo, so all this talk about yeah. code names and not real names yeah. is like really just ungodly. First name, last name. I have end a, of discussion. Please, I have a, thank you. I have a Google Doc spreadsheet. <laughs> but there, the funny you thing have is, a, the, the, you the, have the funny a directory thing is, you're here in the room. The yeah. code, the code is um, it extends as well because uh, I will admit to having slept with quite a few people whose first names I don't know, and so then True. I code them by a name that sounds like the avenue that they live near. Oh. It's like there's a whole, there's a whole. System. If he lives on Ralph Avenue, Ralph, exactly. <laughs> if if oh. he lives, there's one who lived near Lexington, and his name is Lex in my phone. Mm, I love it. <laughs> I, I, have That's you ever done the, Have you ever gone down the list of people you've hooked up with and like the ones you don't remember? It's like uh, Herbalife guy. Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> totally, oh, totally. Totally. Cigarette mouth wouldn't watch Simpsons with me after. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gone. Get out. <laughs> oh my god. And on that, I think yeah. it's time we move on to our next segment. Yeah. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury. Because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care. And even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $350 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Hi, guys. Katie Lowe's here. You might know me as Quinn Perkins on Scandal. I'm also the host of Katie's Crib, a podcast about all things parenthood. Katie's Crib is back with new episodes every Thursday. We have got such an awesome lineup of guests. Michelle Buteau on having twins, Katerina Scorsone on raising three children, Kat McPhee Foster on being a new mom. We'll be covering everything from discipline to mombering. Tune in. Listen to Katie's Crib on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T, we're going to touch all this skin, honey, and talk about body yaddy 
One thing we consistently get in our inbox and our DMs and our mentions is people wanting us to talk about and disseminate queer body image from standards of beauty, pretty privilege and the cult of the gym, dysmorphias, loving our limped wristedness, being vulnerable as queer bodies in public or consequently to quote passing as straight and We're probably going to bring up a lot of difficult issues and talk about some very sensitive topics, but, you know, try to do it in a very ethical and respectful way. But first, I want to say this frivolous little anecdote. So last week, I was getting a lift in L.A., and the driver was playing Beyonce the Visual album when I got in. And I was like, first of all, you're getting five stars. (laughs) Uh, And then Rockets came on, and we both started singing it. And we are both being, like, so dramatic and full voice that he pulled the car over, (laughs) put on his blinkers so we could finish the song proper. And Uh, Rockets, of course, starts off with, like, let me sit this ass on you, you know, yeah. and it's like, like it's an ode to her body, and it, it inspired this line in my first book, IRL, which was like, there's my body, and then there's your body. Mm. Basically the plot of every Beyonce song. Yeah. And um, her extolling the virtue of her own body is like such a turn on, and I was wondering, do you remember the first time you were turned on by like a dude's body or, or an early time because I remember being, I was very young. I was at the beach and there was this guy who was like adjusting his waistband and I saw a little bit of the dick and I was like, what is going on in my brain right now? Like I was like a California wildfire. Like I did not know what to do. I didn't know what I felt. All I knew was like, I got a charge from the eyeing of his scars. You know, like I got a charge, a very large charge. (laughs) God, those uh, early memories are the best. I, I do. Um, I, I at first I was like, oh, thank God, I can't think of anything. Then I was like, no, I can. <laughs> um, I do remember having to be let out of a Spencer Gifts by some poor <gasps> teenage employee. <gasps> When I was like eight, because I kept looking at the novelty naked dude cards. Yeah, with but just like in the swimsuit, just like in the as as, in the same way that like in the library when you find the dictionary with the illustrations of the human body that are like completely not attractive or sexy and are just like lines with eyeballs, but somehow (laughs) it's still like why yes that is a vulva and a penis like (laughs) (laughs) it was just like I was like well look at that. Oh, I also, oh my God, I was at a bookstore and I found like a, a, a tantric, a, yeah, tantric yoga. It was just like, <laughs> the ball sacks look weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, the sexuality section of the Barnes and Nobles yeah. or, or Borders I was waiting, or whatever it was. Waiting for someone to lead me out and nobody caught me. I was like, <laughs> I can't keep doing this. <laughs> I'm like I'm like so uh, such a latecomer to it. It was definitely for me. It was a locker room actually. So <laughs> that, that I still find sex in these spaces is not surprising anyone. No, it was in college, and I played I played soccer for a couple of years in college. And you know the sort of like boy horsing around all of those like soccer bods and like all of the like. Uh, there was this amazing person who did a, a PhD somewhere in England on like how leaders in sports teams are chosen and what he found is that a lot of people this was not like a quantitative survey he just like talked to people and what he found is that a lot of people said that they sort of like deferred to people with bigger dicks and that like men in the locker room and team sports would get semis on purpose to make it seem like their dicks were bigger not in like a gay way necessarily but just in a way not in a gay way at all never in a gay way sports are so homosocial right (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. like i think that that testing boundaries and allowing for um free zones of pleasure or whatever like it it definitely happens there (laughs) (laughs) fuck you you, you. (laughs) noted great word free song (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um that's interesting to me, Joe, that that was, that's 
has always been one of your most erotic mm-hmm. spaces for your attraction to men because like that particular space and that dynamic was like like terrifying for me growing up. Like I was attracted mm. to boys, like I've been attracted to guys for as long as I can remember, but like that space where guys are horsing around and where there's all this potential for homoeroticism yeah. was like my most terrifying space. That yeah, was a yeah. space that mm. felt very threatening for me. Hmm. But in terms of um to take the award of the most basic bitch at the table. I will be very honest and tell you that the first time that I was aware of being attracted to anyone or anything... Oh my god, I know it. ...was a scene oh. on the Today Show where they showed... They showed us... <laughs> sorry. They showed a scene of Brad Pitt Stop shirtless it. in a canoe in the movie Legend of the Fall. <laughs> and he had long hair and he was Brad Pitt with his muscular body. And I just was like, what is this like what is happening and around that same time the two other things that would happen were there were these two boys in my like first grade class who would like show off their muscles to each other and like i would just (laughs) stare at them and also whenever i would go to the airport with my family i was attracted to the men who would walk through the airport they just like always looked Hmm. like very dignified very strong they'd have these polo shirts on with a little hair sticking out like chest hair sticking out what airport was this this, well, I mean, this was obviously st- starting in Gaston, Cleveland, but like, we would, yeah, yeah, it was everything. I would just notice, I would be like, men are so sexy in the airport. Like, Ooh. men are so sexy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. My so, um, airports. My old roommate, D, I'm not going to say his name because I don't think, I don't know if he wants me to say his business, but he's, he said he, re- he remembers um, being with his dad at, at an Air Force base. Mm. And being turned on and being like, oh, I'm so gay. I'm so gay. Oh, wow. I'm so gay. Wow, wow, I'm so gay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what does, it, what does it mean that some of, like, at least for Dennis and I, we very much, our first attractions were to these sort of, like, idolized, masculine, quote-unquote masculine, ugh, butch, like, muscular um, male bodies. Is that, again, like, we, we talked about the mutability of desire and stuff yeah. like that in, in past episodes, but it is, like, I feel like I'm, like... Musk muscles, muscular bodies, cut bodies, whatever that kind of shit. It doesn't turn me on, but mm-hmm. it took me a long time to figure out that, like, mm-hmm. and because it's it's a constant struggle to to remember what it is that you actually find attractive, yeah. because like society is yeah. beaming you these images mm-hmm. and these bodies, and 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 also, I mean, I kind of wonder like, why is body scrutiny such a big thing? And I was going to mm-hmm. say, like, in queer spaces, but I I feel much better in queer spaces. Mm-hmm. I, I'm talking, like, in gay male spaces. Gay male spaces, mm-hmm. yeah. Why is that body scrutiny so huge? I mean, I remember one time somebody who uh, was, was you know, m- muscular was telling me that, like, the reason that he worked out all the time and made his body very big was a response to feeling very small mm-hmm. when he was younger and, yep. and being bullied and... <clears throat> And then somebody else telling me that it was like a, like in, like theoretically a response to like having a quote healthy body in the wake of the HIV epidemic, Mm. you know, something like that, that, um, maybe, maybe we're hardwired to, to surveil our bodies because of how, of what happened to us when we were younger, that, that we did feel like we were being looked at, that our bodies could be a tell, you know, that like, (laughs) that, that if we, if we walked a certain way, if we cocked our hips a certain way, if we tilted our head a certain way, that we would automatically, you know, be outed as queer, that, so, so I'm just curious on what some of your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that, um, it, it, it all goes back to, it's not even just like, um, something that starts from within you. Um, it is something that we enter into and learn quickly, even if we're not aware we're learning it, that um, 
all bodies are surveyed and like mm-hmm. caught in this. There's this phrase that Eric A. Stanley uses in um, this book, Captive Genders, Trans Embodiment in the Prison Industrial Complex. Um, that uh, it, it it talks about how we're all born into these webs of surveillance. The, uh, it's just that trans and gender nonconforming people in the context of this book and like other marginalized people, like not everyone feels the strands of this web mm. as strongly as everyone else. And not everyone is even need, necessarily aware that they're in these webs of surveillance or participating in the surveying. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're surveying themselves. As yeah. Well, and right? surveying themselves. And often the effect when you're a very heavily surveyed body, um, like women, people of color, uh, queer people, trans people, gender nonconforming people, uh, disabled people, um, you will begin to inter- or, mm, mm. internalize them, but also, I, I don't even want to say internalize, because I, I feel like that's robbing the agency that's often involved with how we modify ourselves and our bodies mm-hmm. in response to the ways in which we're surveyed and maybe like uh, uh, experience material violence or... Um, want to mitigate that or prevent that I from think happening of it in terms of like survival strategies. Yeah, like, yeah. That at a certain point, it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not even just like it's like oh, I do this because I hate myself. It's like no, it's because like I can go to work in the next hour and like ensure that I'll have an okay time on the subway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus like then I'll be thinking about it at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, not- said, you said the word that I keep coming back to around this, which is the word agency, which I think that um, being able to remake our bodies is like the most profound agency we have, right? <laughs> Having I it, agree. Like, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> that was um, so perfect. And 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 it but there are ways in which that becomes um self-defeating in a way. And I think about sort of the gay male remaking of the body. I, I wrote a, I wrote an essay ages ago where I really sat with this question and thought really hard about like why gay men are so obsessed with the gym and their an bodies. Essay? An essay? Yes, Teebs. You can read two copies of it. I'll send it to you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, you know what essay is French what? for? Try. <laughs> Teebs is trying. Thank you, Vince. Um, I got it. <laughs> I'm going to carry that um, with me. Thank but you. The, the notion that like as queer people we grow up with so little agency and feeling always like we're going to be harmed for our bodies so it like gives us an opportunity to be like no I'm going to remake myself but then it's like when your self worth is tied to your body and then you start getting older that, o- that that sense of agency you have of course is being taken away by time and the fact that all bodies are fallible and the only thing we know to be true about bodies is they get old and sick and die mm-hmm. so it's sort of like if you build a sense of self around your power to control your own body and how it looks and how it feels that is a very shallow in, in a lot of ways way to be in the world yeah i mean and, mm. and 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 it essentially being about control again i think like uh goes back to feeling out of control mm-hmm. not 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 mm. just of like your body which you obviously are you have to admit that you don't control you know people's reaction to your body mm. but that like the loss of con- being like why am i hated yeah why do people hate yeah. me because of my body yeah and what i yeah. do with my body well, it's like one of the things that I'm thinking about here is, um, like you mentioned earlier, our bodies being a tell. And that's one of my biggest questions, too, is that, like, my relationship with my body, and I think for so many queer people, our relationships with our bodies have so much to do with what our bodies communicate to other people or what people receive about us from our bodies. And from such early ages, sometimes, for some of us, our bodies are communicating things that we don't even realize. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I understood what it actually was to be attracted to a boy, like, I remember... Like people in my family who would who would say all those things, don't walk in this way, don't hold your hands in this way, don't cock your hip in this way or your head in this way, because it communicates something that you don't want to be and you don't want the world thinking that you're that. And 
that's connected to so many things, right? Because there's a there there's a protection in being able to pass. That's mm-hmm. what why the concept of passing exists for so many different people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm even thinking of the of why I'm attracted to the men that I'm attracted to. Mm-hmm. And like Teebs, you've even talked about like your attraction to men who are really tall is because you you're like if some shit goes down, I want to know that you're going to fight with me. Yeah. And for me, it it really goes back to this idea of feeling protected, feeling safe, and feeling power where I think I was trained to think I didn't have any. But that's that's you asking for that safety from another person's right. body. For me it's for me it's manifested yeah. in a very different way than I think it does for so many people because like I don't have a gym membership and yeah. and I mean that's partly because when I first moved to New York I couldn't afford one and even though I could now it's just not something I've thought of doing. But I, I look for it in other people. Which is very interesting to me because I think about the fact that like I look for that from the same kinds of men that um, or boys at that age that terrified me, like mm. at that point, like mm. I couldn't go into that space that for you that you found to be so erotic. Going off something you said, Dennis, that like I wanted to just like go around the room, sort of like when you asked, like, do you remember the first time you were turned on by uh, a man? Also, like, does anyone want to share like the first time they remember being told maybe like uh, by by a parent or a close family member or a friend, um, don't do that with your body? Mm. Oh. I remember I, like my my auntie. Uh, pulling my mom aside and telling her that I had an identity crisis. (laughs) (laughs) This was last month, wasn't it, (laughs) T? And one thing about my mother is, like, she does not suffer a motherfucking fool. And she was just... Am I? You know, so I, I waffle. <laughs> Gay for waffles. Yeah. Gay for waffles. I waffle. Chicken and waffles. Yeah, that's me. My sexuality. Uh, um, yeah, and my mom is, was just like, she just looked her dead in the eye and was like, you need to keep that shit to your motherfucking self. <laughs> Do not oh say that God. in front of my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! I love mom. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, that. she. I mean, that's a, a kind of the reason why I can be a little bit defensive or like, I can be a little bit like, step the fuck off. It's just yeah, like, yeah. that's how my mom was. Yeah. Cool. I, I have a sister who's kind of like that, but um, I don't know if I can remember my first time, but I remember my family and I were just talking about this over the holidays because we got together for my mom's birthday. And my mom grew up in Philadelphia and she like, she, like she grew up in the hood and like in the projects and a lot of my family in there still lives like in really rough parts of Philly. And so we were all standing there together and they all started talking about how whenever our family would visit, like I would be there and I would be like in the hood, like staying with my family and I would just be prancing up and down the street, like the <laughs> gayest little flower you've ever seen. And they would all be like, Dennis, no, you have to stop. Like you cannot do that here. Like that's not like, okay. And, um, I mean, they, I grew up in a really religious family, but, like, they were pretty, like, they knew gay people. They just, like, wanted to protect me. But um, that's, like, one of my most prominent memories is, like, my cousins who were, like, my age or a couple of years older being, like, like, no, don't play with that Barbie. Like, here's a truck. Like, don't walk that way down Mm -hmm. the street. Like, just, I would just, I mean, I just, pray. I didn't give a fuck. And in their own, I mean, and and they were trying to protect you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think, like, my, I remember, so, this is Tommy, um. On the reservation, like in elementary school, we were bused to an elementary school outside the reservation. And so we had to take the bus with like mostly white kids and the, and the, the elementary school is mostly white. And I remember the first time somebody questioned my gender specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a boy on the bus who was like, are you a boy or a girl? And, and the thing is, like, I had long hair like all the men in my family. Like mm-hmm. any people just have long hair. Um, and, you know, I, I, was, I, was a, I was a baby. And my cousin Rainbow turned to him and was like... Well, you know how there are tomboys, 
He's just a Tom girl. Oh my God, that's amazing. It was so beautiful. I mean, that's a nickname was spawned, of course. Um, but, but, but what I, what I understood of that name, I would later know to call it Hard Femme. Hard Femme, yeah. Mm. And I remember because like later on, like that day, I got off the bus, I went to the thrift store where my mother worked, and I found a VHS tape of Wayne's World. And I bought yes. it, and I remember watching it, and then Cassandra comes on stage, played by Tia Carrera. Oh, and yeah. she's just like the lead singer of this metal band. She like kicks dudes' asses, literally. Um, she is actively disdainful of one of the dudes in the movie. And she's so hot. And she's so hot, so and she can hot. fucking wail, and she has all these fashions. And I was like, oh, she's a Tom girl, too. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I, I feel like so many of us um, had the experience of really being taught to hate our... Uh, othered or different or femme bodies by peers. And that certainly was the case for me. Um, I was like horribly bullied and I didn't view myself as queer at, at that age. Um, but like all of the little boys who were terrified, my parents were pretty chill, but all of the little boys who were terrorized by their fathers mm. about how they had to be then terrorized me at school. And there was no way to like, there was no safety from that. There just wasn't like, I was just terrorized and I didn't know how to do anything different. Like, again, I'm not super in touch with my body. So like I couldn't put on, straight drag <laughs> like i just mm-hmm. could i hit puberty mad late like my voice was really high like really? i was a, <laughs> i was like <laughs> i was attracted to women right mm-hmm. so i didn't get like in a way it wasn't queerness that made me other quote unquote you it was didn't just know like, exactly what it was i yet, didn't because when i found queerness it uh-huh. was like a revelation i was like oh my god thank god that there's this framework that i can use to understand why i was sort of bullied my whole life it was kind of a nice like in a way like having attraction to both men and women and people of all genders is actually i like choose to be gay and queer because it sort of is like that's the lived experience i had without necessarily being able to name it at that time mm-hmm. um, but no it was absolutely like my peers who completely took out the pathology the, the pathologies that their fathers took out on them they then enacted on me and I, you know they were kids i can't blame them for that that's what children do right yeah. like when i think about even like my cousins like they were reenacting the ideas and i'm mean, not that they were traumatizing me but um like that's what they were being told and like yeah. when we think about the kids at school like children who enact trauma are being traumatized. traumatized. Yeah. yeah, I have a question I, for the group. Oh, go ahead, Heron. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just don't. I don't know if this is going to open up another um, can of body uh, yaddy yaddy worms. But um, <laughs> I, I think a lot about my mom when you say that. When um, she both is someone who, uh, in private ways, when I was younger, like would support cross gender play and stuff. But then, sort of, I remember in public. Um, sort of mm. telling me not to swing my hips when I walk or mm. um, just like that memory very specifically down the hall of my elementary school when it was just us two in the hallway, just like being told not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also she's someone who um, it, it was coming from a protective place, right. mm-hmm. but one that was damaging and harmful mm-hmm. um, in the same way that a lot of the uh, issues I have around like are mostly more, more so had, um, around my body and stuff was was coming from her. That was mm. in many ways a, a recapitulation yeah. of I don't know if that's the right word um, of yeah. uh, her own um, body image issues mm. and things that she had learned and had has mm. told me in stories from when she was a teenager struggling with where it was coming from her trying to make sure that I had an easier experience mm. in high school, mm-hmm. but actually just didn't help at all. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, it was it like a really help. terrible Irish Catholic way of like um, I don't know. She 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 would talk about how she. Um, chose not to raise us in the church because she had such a shitty experience, but she didn't account for secular Catholicism sneaking its way through. <laughs> and you know what feels really fucking good? What? 
snake in your hips when you motherfucking walk. It, it feels so, so good. good. Once I re, you know, because like I feel like that got socialized out of me. But once I realized like that's how I prefer to walk, Ugh. my body just felt so much yeah. better, yeah, 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 like yeah, so yeah. much more centered. I was like, this is how I fucking walk. This is how I walk. You can so kick rocks. Um, you know, cram that. it with walnuts. Like and as I'm a, good. And Teebs and I, we talk about this all the time. If you have a problem with me, we can fight. Like, yeah. I will actually like that's the hard fact. Like, I literally I hooked you. up with a ballet dancer who said that like I have naturally curved like arched ballet dancers' feet, like preternaturally predisposed or whatever for that art. And I'm like, and I have been denied heels my entire life. <laughs> Listen, and they don't hurt it. Like you know what I mean, Dennis? Yeah, they don't hurt at all. Yeah, I know they actually feel fucking great. Yeah, this relates amazing. to my question that I wanted to ask of the group. Do you like your bodies now? Oh, 2018. This morning, I fucking loved it. It was great. What a fuck. I was just thinking about what a turnaround it's been from the other 29 years I was alive. Wow. <laughs> you yeah. have earned it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah, and, no. I, and, I, and what what, 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 what do you think was the process of that? Because, like, it, of loving your body. Or I mean, appreciating it, your body or... Um, uh, I mean, it continues to be, I don't want to say like, oh, I love it all the time now. Mm -hmm. Um, I just suddenly yesterday realized that I, or maybe two, no, yesterday I hit a, um, it's very conditional and, uh, I, I had been in a really shitty like dysphoria funk for about two weeks now, which is longer than it's been for a long time. Um, started to think I was transitioning backwards. Didn't like what I've seen in the mirror. A dysphoria funk, you said. Yeah, dysphoria funk. Um, my, my fave subgenre of 70s music, <laughs> just for you, funk. Um, and I don't know what happened. Just like, li- like two days ago, I was looking in the mirror and was like, wow, my arms are huge. My shoulders are huge. Cut off everything on the sides of my, sh- like, sh- I wonder if they'll ever learn how to shave rib cages down. Just like all this kind of shit. Cut off half my face, please. Going out in public with like a scarf wrapped around half my face. And suddenly, like, as of last night, I look in the mirror and everything is, not only fine but great and i which is just it and that is something though that i will acknowledge that despite the ups and downs is not something i ever felt prior to transitioning or realizing that i was trans um when my body's dysmorphia was like a really unexamined unacknowledged misunderstood expression of my gender dysphoria Mm. um where it it would it, I I would view myself if if I liked what I looked in the, uh, looked looked like in the mirror it would be because I was thin or skinny or mm. it it was still never like oh I just like this it was always like you are worth liking mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, and yeah. so I, I I don't know if any that's that's I don't know what what are everyone else's thoughts about there. Uh, I gotta say, my, my my relationship to my body is extremely fraught. I mean, I've had an eating disorder since I was like 15 years old, which mm-hmm. is also consequently when I became sexually active. So, like, that's not yeah. the connection between those two things isn't oh, lost on me. God, but um, damn. you know, and I went through um, bouts of of anorexia as a teenager. I was bulimic for a year when I was 19 years old. And I, I, I mean, I believe in talking about this because I believe in exercising it. And yeah. and you know, if this is like triggering or whatever, feel free to, to turn it off and, and fast forward. Um, and and the, the the journey of my 20s was an understanding that, you know, writing was really healing for me in a lot of ways. One of them was because I understood what I actually gave a fuck about. I mean, it's a process of yeah, self-excavation, yeah. right? But it was like, I care about telling stories. I care about writing. Like, I don't make my money from my body, you know, or, well... Mm. 
you know, I did sell socks, whatever, but like that was different. <laughs> but, um, but, but, and, and also a lot of therapy because I just, I kind of wanted to disappear, mm. you know, and I had to learn what I, I had to learn, first of all, not just that I wanted to disappear, but like, I didn't want my voice to sound like anything. And I had to learn how to come back to myself. I had to learn how to shout. You know what I mean? I had to learn how to like, just plant my feet in the ground and like walk in a singular direction and be like, I deserve taking up space, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and and that also was just like, I learned like with, you know, with therapy with Dr. John, it was like, I, I he would just be like, just learn to have a joy in moving your body mm-hmm. and just breathing and lifting your shoulders and like, mm-hmm. and oh. like arcing your arm, you know, and just like bending your knees. Like that is a joyous experience. Oh. This is your body, yours you know? And I started to understand it and come to the realization that, you know what? <laughs> My body changes, right? Mm-hmm. And like, when, especially when I'm writing and I'm committing to something, like, I don't get to go to the gym all the time. I don't get to do the things I normally would. My diet come, kind of becomes shitty. But like, I care about making that book, about putting that thing yeah. into the world. And that is where I draw my self worth from. But I will say this too that in understanding the joy in having a body and in breathing mm-hmm. and, in, and in, in inhabiting my body fully, it was like I understood something. And mm-hmm. that was like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't have a body that anyone would like to commit to marble. But marble is a stone of death. Like, that's the opposite of sex. You know, it's cold. It doesn't move. It doesn't move. And you know, I have a body that moves. And you know what? (laughs) You know what I know that I have? Ask me what I have. What What do you have? I'm sexy. Yes! I'm yes, sexy. Yes. And I can and I can fuck. And you know Say what? Aloud thoughts with teeps. Oh, can you have all God. the thoughts out there? I'm sexy. I'm sexy. I'm sexy. I'm sexy, bitch. And you know what? And you know what that means? It, that you. means it's not what you look like, it's what you be. You know? And I can be that, and that's yeah. what I am. And understanding that, I was like, that is so much better than like the the me who was like 140 pounds but super self-monitoring and very oh miserable. God. You know what I mean? Like so I miserable. love being this me. I love yeah. being me. That's all. I love me, my body. It's and, and you know what's weird? Because I kept talking about 2017 is that year that I fucked all those straight dudes. Or got <laughs> fucked by all those straight dudes. But one of the Oof. things that I learned though is that like, and I've con- you know, I talked about this with my with my straight girlfriends, is like they don't really care. They don't no. really care. Oh my god! They men, don't really care. Straight men don't, don't care. Gay men care. Yeah. Gay men no. Care. Gay oh, men care. Straight men don't care. Oh, sorry. Those are my nails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, acrylics. Um, so just to, to to compare the two things, thing I really miss this about hearing again. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> um, thing I really miss about hooking up with gay men is that you. Okay, so I know that looking has um, maybe different, um, you know, divergent opinions upon it. The HBO show, but um, Andrew Haig, Haig, Haig. Andrew Haig? Fugue State. I don't know. (laughs) Andrew Fugue State. Um, His movie that he made, Weekend, from when I saw it like five or six years ago, I thought it really captured this thing that gay men are able to do so well, which is um, hook up with each other, spend like 48 hours together, and like throw themselves headfirst into the limited time, vulnerability, and intimacy period that they both know is going to end at a certain point, and they're never going to see each other again, but aren't afraid to just be intimate and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And like fuck multiple times, spoon, cuddle, sleep over at each other's place, not have to like talk about it over and over, and like immediately put up walls in that way. They put up the walls afterwards. But um, (laughs) in this way that I'm just like straight guys, like this could be better for both of us. Like, can I at least sleep over? It's nighttime. Like, (laughs) the trees at night are not pleasant. Yeah, like there's maybe it's also maybe it has to do with power and like sort of um, who's involved in the dynamic. So oftentimes, I think that people with um, 
uh, more power in some kind of way than another person will uh, be aware of that power they have and like sort of shut the other person down in this like or send off vibes of um like being like oh i'm in control of this and i like mm-hmm. better not give any like signs or something so mm-hmm. i'm so i i feel constantly shut out and it's like dude like i you're i don't know your fucking last name you like didn't ask me a question about myself last night we had great sex and i would love to do that again i don't want to fucking date you mm-hmm. i don't know it just like drives me crazy they make you the hysterical crazy woman mm-hmm. it's wild yeah one thing um is that earlier earlier Tommy, when you were, you mentioned you were like, I get a lot of my self worth from my writing and like this and that. It was so interesting because in my head at that moment, I thought to myself, like, well, where does my self worth come from? It just comes from being. Like, I exist. Oh, I exist, and that's enough. We all need to be like, way more Dennis. Yeah. Like, like we we exist. We are people here. That's enough that's for us to why we're always everything. Like, that's why we're always like, oh, Dennis is like the carefree one. Yeah. <laughs> because it is just like a thing about you being. Backslash to the one who being. came up upper middle class. Because like, ooh, Irish Catholic people do True. not feel that way about being in the world. We just know. <laughs> Can't yeah. it be both? Can't it be both? <laughs> I feel like that's one thing my parents taught me. And one thing, well, going back to our earlier conversation, like, people around me were like, oh, you're too feminine. You need to butch up in these different ways. Like, as a child, my parents never once did my mother or my father enact that on me that I can remember. Never one time. Like, they are very religious. And, like, that, once it started to happen, like, that was an issue that we had to deal with and negotiate for sure that was really challenging. But they were never, like, you need to change yourself. They were just like, you exist and you matter. And that's yeah. like all they focused that. on. That's, a, that's a great place to end. That's yeah. wonderful. Mm, I'm feeling like I'm full, but I could fit one more thing inside me. Dennis knows how I feel. I just <laughs> arched my back, y'all. <laughs> and this week for our dessert, I believe Heron has an article for us. I do. But first, some quick recommendations. One, Urban Decay, Heavy Metal, Glitter, you put it on your eyes like nail polish. Love it. Two, (laughs) reading things in your mentions on Twitter in good faith after reading them in bad faith. Just give yourself five minutes. You're like, hey, this pissed me off. Wait, let me just try to approach it. What could they possibly be saying? And then you realize this person is actually saying a nice thing to you. Just try it sometime. (laughs) Um, uh, Most of all, though, I want to say that there is this essay that I, I don't know if... So I, is it fair to assume that the majority of your listeners are gay men? No. <laughs> Fuck that, me. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe the... I mean, I think probably because yes. of our partnership with Into, they're probably the majority of them are. Majority. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, I'm not saying exclusively, but like... No! <laughs> gay men are trash! Come on. <laughs> hey, look at this pipe. It's the pipe. Um, Ooh! I'm always trying to look at this pipe. It is not... <laughs> A pipe. What? I, it's not a pipe. I didn't even mean to. <laughs> Fuck. That was perfect. Yeah, that's a sissy pipe over there. <laughs> yeah, you're listening, audience. Bunch of sissy pipes. Um, and also sissy pussies, because like not all gay men have, yes. have pipes. Um, so, <sighs> I'm fucking drunk. Um, <laughs> drunk and inclusive. Um, there's an article <laughs> that everyone should read, and it's by Andrea Longchu. It's called On Liking Women. It was published by N Plus One, I think about a month and a half ago, but the internet version 
uh, removed its paywall um, about three weeks ago, and it took all the pockets of the internet that like I exist on by storm. I'm not so sure that it penetrated uh, um, gay pockets of the internet as gay male pockets of the internet quite as hard as like lesbian leftist media, uh, uh, trans women. Um, uh, N plus one fans, if that's like a a, a hive, a I don't know. It's a yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. As much like as M like gay one. male sides of things, um, with the exception of Ty Mitchell, fucking like great porn performer slash drag queen Kelsey Dagger from Brooklyn, like she's fucking great. Follow her on Twitter. Um, so I think you should all read it. There's like one part that I wanted to read from it. it a lot of it is about um, uh, reframing the desire to be a woman as a desire to be a woman, not just um, I, uh, a necessity, need, or urgency-based argument of, I'm trapped in the wrong body, I'm hurting, I'm, ugh, I, this would make me feel more comfortable. It's like, no, like, bitch, I just, I, I want to be a woman. Mm. Like, um, yeah. so here's, like, something I want to read. women are better. That's all. <laughs> God! And that's, that's all. like... This is all so true. Don't make I'm me say sorry. valid, but, like, that's a <laughs> reason. Um... <laughs> Not getting what you want has very little to do with wanting it. Knowing better usually doesn't make it better. You don't want something because wanting it will lead to getting it. You want it because you want it. Hmm. This is the zero-order disappointment that structures all desire and makes it possible. After all, if you could only want things you were guaranteed to get, you would never be able to want anything at all. Mm. This is not to garner pity for sad trannies like me. We have enough roses by our beds. It is rather to say minimally that trans women want things too. The deposit of our desire runs as deep and fine as any. The richness of our want is staggering. Perhaps this is why coming out can feel like crushing. Why a first dress can feel like a first kiss. Why dysphoria can feel like heartbreak. The other name for disappointment, after all, is love. Oh. Yeah, follow her on Twitter, Theory Girl, T H E O R Y G U R L. Literally, follow me along right to me. That's the that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking great. And also, maybe some of you will realize you're actually fucking women. Who hmm. uh, <laughs> snaps to that? That was a sad. good dessert. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our partnership with Into, an online magazine for queer news and culture. What are you into? Head to intomore.com each week for a thoughtful new note from your podcast faves. Our engineer is Alex Mead Fox at Spaceman Sound Studios, and our producer is the talented galloping Italian stallion, Alexandra De Palma. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> a pepperoni. It's a fettuccine. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs on all relevant social media. I am Dennis Norris II, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T H E E A R L D E N D E N, and I have a chat book out at ostpress.com. Yes, Dennis, I am Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com, and now in bookstores. I'm Heron Walker, and my Instagram is private, and I also have a Finstagram, but you can follow me on Twitter at <laughs> H-A-R-R-O-N-W-A-W-K-E-R. Someone took the non-phonetical spelling of my name. Oh. <laughs> you can listen to Food for Thought on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download golden audio goodness. Mm. Subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes, and Joe will post a shirtless selfie. JK, he's already going to do it. <laughs> he doesn't own shirts. <laughs> Find us on Twitter and Facebook as Food for Thought Pod, and 
on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read. Sign up for our newsletter for episode insights, reading lists, and uh, extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.